Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to another exciting Empire slash Poilet? 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 <laughs> Can't even. That was the first burn of the. Yeah. Uh... It's good, symbolic. <laughs> the, the Poilet yeah. TV no podcast. I've got, I've got say, Australian. You can't say the word pilot. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I've got a metal block about Poilet? <laughs> Yes. Pilot, pilot TV podcast. See, see, a more professional podcast would re-record that and start again. Should I start again? No, no it's too, it's no, too good. It's, it's too, too, no. it's too good. That, that's gold. The pilot TV podcast. You're um, watching Taika Waititi too much. I have been. I've been, yeah. I've been hanging out with him for mm. 25 minutes in hotel rooms far too yeah. much over the last day yeah. uh, or so. Uh, but that wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been more of a Kiwi accent with with Taika. They're pretty similar though. Aren't yeah. They? Ooh. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies to all New Zealanders. People are writing in right now. They are irate. Anyway, yeah. this is an Empire Pilot TV podcast. I'll tell you what happened there is I, I was about to just say pilot. Oh. And then I remember that it's pilot TV. Right. And then suddenly I, my brain just froze and went, yeah. pilot? <laughs> pilot? <laughs> So I anyway. think we say pilot for sure. I think we all know. Yeah. It's yeah. such an iconic brand. Now. It really well, is. Technically, it's like Supreme. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like I'm joined by Ben and Jerry <laughs> <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah. This is an Empire Pilot Co-Pro, as they say, which is, of course, you know, somewhat guilty of the lady because it's an entirely Empire Pro, as in I'm recording this and editing it myself. Anyway, that's beside the point. I am joined, of course, by Boyd Hilton. Hello. And Beth Webb, Hello. who works for Empire. So I'm not sure how this works. It's an Empire Pilot TV podcast co-pro. Yep. Just take it I from me. I work for Empire as well. I'm a contributing editor. You are a contributing editor. So why the Let's hell is this? Let's never forget that. So by, by the way, I'm available for all Empire <laughs> I'd love to have you on the Empire podcast more oh. often. And, and Beth as well. Oh, Beth, yeah. Beth, is, you know, Beth hasn't been on the Empire podcast oh my since... God. <laughs> Since it's the time her parents, parents, yeah. parents appeared, which was audio gold, it yeah. was audio gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Lovely bit of the, audio gold there, mate. Was that the episode you entered to all the awards you've been nominated for? <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah. God. That's why we didn't win. Yeah, well, <laughs> you were nominated. <laughs> we were nominated because at least you could be bothered to make an entry. And that's the real prize. That is the real prize. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Oh my God. Anyway, and sorry. This is uh, because you demanded it, and because you demanded it, you asked for it. You're getting it. Uh, you own the last f- four minutes of chaos. Uh, this is a another Better Call Saul final season preview episode. The last one we did went down very, very well. I was done remotely. Now we're in the great depressing pod booth for one of the last times before uh, we move on to Pastors New. And uh, and as the Better Call Saul superfans in the Empire Pilot uh, office, Boyd and Beth and, and myself are here to have a chat about the f- upcoming final six episodes, which start on Tuesday in this country on Netflix. It starts in, on uh, Monday, I believe, uh, in the States on AMC for American listeners. And it's very, very exciting. But we're also going to talk about the previous seven episodes uh, in which, frankly, a lot of shit went down. Oh my god! That I did not expect to go down. Yeah, we got it all wrong, didn't we? Oh, stupendously wrong. <laughs> we just yeah. we got it so Beth, wrong. When you say we, you, you mean me <laughs> specifically? I'm going. I'm saying things like, "Oh, there's no way Nacho is bulletproof. I he is wrapped really, in plot armor." Really betrayed when that happened by you more than anyone. <laughs> when that gun went off, I was like, "Chris Hewitt." <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I as, if, you. as if I'd pulled the trigger myself. Yep, essentially. Yes, you put him between that rock and hard place. I um, did, I did. Uh, yeah, so Nacho, Nacho was gone. See, I always thought that he was going to be okay because of yeah. what Saul says in the very first episode, the Better Call Saul episode of Breaking Bad. Whenever he gets, you know, he gets taken out by Jesse and, and Walt to the desert, and he they they take the mask off him, and he says, you know, it was Ignacio, it was Ignacio, and you know, I always assumed that that meant that Nacho was going to be on the board. But he got yeah, taken off enough. it very, very early. I mean, this show is is re- breaking all the rules, boy. Hundred mm, uh, percent in this in these first seven episodes. Completely, yeah. That not only that, but um, the the thing the things it's focused on, like the episode where um, where um, Lalo goes to Germany. Yeah, you know that that episode. I was just not expecting that subplot to play out 
across the whole episode. It's like holiday on the buses. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> ben, of course, all goes to Germany um, for a little holiday. And also the way that, that episode started with that sculpture thing, didn't it? The making yeah. of that sculpture thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. All the cold opens have been so sumptuous. They've been absolutely yeah. magnificent. I really I lessen in storytelling, all of them, yeah. because they start with like an object, don't they? Like yeah. a thing in... You can bet the one with the thing in the dusty... With Nacho's death episode, yeah. where you're going, what the what hell the fuck is, is this? Yeah, it's like yeah. slow pan over some dust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then a flower growing, and it's only at the end of the episode you realise that's right. his grave. That's where he yeah. and the flower is growing from yeah. his grave. Oh, oh my god, it's incredible! Hard, and the loose like sculpture one opens with the making of that thing that you know what the fuck is this all about, and ending and the explanation that right at the end again just finding ways to tell these stories and to kind of go down weird road yeah. routes and yeah. it's fascinating and the whole um, we'll get into it but the whole plot of um, you know of Saul um, and Kim that they hatch the way that was told is like a meta I'm going to get really pretentious here <laughs> I warn you now You're in good but that I felt was like a kind of meta comment on this type of TV series as well like the way mm-hmm. you know that you kind of hold glimpses of what the plot yeah. they were hatching was mm-hmm. and right in that I think maybe in the penultimate episode of the of the of the seven where you see the the, the, the board with all the notes. post-it notes yeah. on it it is like I feel like that is a comment on you know this world of TV narrative drama we're in right now that they're almost creating the two of them they're showrunners they're showrunners, they're showrunners. They're showrunners. Right, exactly thank yeah. you thank you for backing me up on my pretentious theory <laughs> no no I have, I, have this, I have the same theory yeah. about WandaVision I think WandaVision is about a showrunner right. as well yes Yes. Yes. So just the fact, the fact that you watched that that plotting play out over multiple episodes, you didn't, and it didn't explain what the fuck they're up to. Mm. You just it just kind of showed you glimpses of what they were doing, and yeah. you knew the kind of vague what they were trying to get at. They were hatching plan, hatching a plan to ruin this guy's life, but. The way it played out was so masterful and fascinating, and 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 it was so satisfying in the end when you do see it all come together in that seventh episode of of that mid season um, mm. finale. Mm. Just the best storytelling that there is basically yeah. just you know a complete exercise in it fantastic and it's funny as well yeah i i love how there's humor in the execution of these like you say the hatch the heist the the scam the sell there's always humor as well as an incredibly unpredictable but brilliantly thought out plan Mm. that could go any which way and in this season more than ever it goes any which fucking way like nobody comes out of this okay especially so definitely Mm. some more than others but I just I I love that that it does not sacrifice its sense of fun even in these really grim circumstances um it's 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 such a weird joy to watch. It's not joyful, but to kind of, well, there's moments of joy and something that I have been honing in on James as he continually disregards this show (laughs) and writes it off. (laughs) Who's James? Oh, you mean, you mean slipping Jimmy Dyer? (laughs) (laughs) Slippery Jimmy Dyer, yeah. Slippery Jimmy, that's even worse. Slippery fish. Why is he slippery? Oh my God. I mean, let's not get into it. (laughs) But every time I'm like, it's a, every time I try and sell him on this is, is by telling him that this is a love story, essentially. And that is where the joy comes through is, is between those two characters. But, it's also it's also just really fucking funny, and I I like that I like that about it. It's what mm. keeps me going through moments of real stillness in the show. It ultimately builds to something very funny, very beautifully orchestrated, beautifully performed. Yeah, Kim and Jimmy, Kim and Jimmy's um, satisfaction well, as they saw their plot the plot play out yeah. when they're listening on the to the to the. Um, legal meeting and yeah. all of that yeah. Yeah. it was just a delight yeah. and then but that's what he does so well isn't it because that was delightful and fantastic and funny yeah. as you say all of those things but then terrifying as the consequences play out in the final <sighs> scene yeah, yeah. Um, which which did, did anyone see that coming of course no by the no. way no. anyone but what happened to Howard no and just so fantastically bringing all those threads together yeah from that from this whole season and beyond I mean for five seasons really five or yeah. six seasons yeah um, yeah and no, I didn't see it coming at all. I, I think as well, that last episode is really interesting because it's a caper. 
yeah. for the first, what, 45, 50 minutes yeah. or so. And then the last three minutes is chilling and devastating right. and has these incredible consequences because, you know, it's still slow burning. Mm. I mean, we're... we're They've now stopped. They, they, it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be the mid-season hiatus. It wasn't meant to be a mid-season hiatus for this show. Mm. They basically had to stop for a number of reasons. I suspect Bob Odenkirk's real-life heart attack was was, oh, yeah. was one yeah. of those reasons. But they had to stop basically to finish the last six episodes. They had to buy themselves enough time to finish the last six episodes. So they thought, okay, well, this is as this is as good a point as any. And it's one of the great cliffhangers. I yeah, would say, you know, 100%. I've been on tenterhooks now for the last six weeks, <laughs> yes. going, how the hell are they going to do this? Because there is still an awful lot of ground to cover. But it feels to me like Howard's death, which obviously has parallels with the way that Chuck's death resulted from a little bit of light chicanery on Jimmy's yeah. part initially, and then that snowballed and snowballed and snowballed until eventually Chuck takes his own life. Mm-hmm. And this does the same thing. Oh, it's just a bit of tomfoolery. Howard's not going to be too damaged by this, you know, career-wise. He's going to be totally fine. And then Howard winds up dead as a result of them just fooling around. And they've got six episodes to go. They've got a lot of ground to cover. But this felt, to me, like a necessary step Mm. to push Jimmy down one way, because I'm still going to call him Jimmy. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. And Kim down another way. Yes. and yeah, we still don't know what happens to her. Kim was such a driver yeah. of the plot oh, of the yeah. caper. She was the driver. She was having more fun with the caper than him. Yeah, wasn't she? And that was that's fascinating. That's so interesting how she gets more and more into it and has more and more fun. Let's face it, without without thinking about the consequences, the possible yeah. consequences. Yeah, Jimmy's just the junior partner yeah. in this. In this Absolutely. In this, yeah. yeah. On law firm. Yeah, he's the, he's the yeah, other exec producer. She's the creator. Boy, he's leaning into it. clinging to this. <laughs> he's a runner. Yeah, he's a runner. He's barely even a runner. Um, and that is so interesting. And it makes you feel think of all different, obviously the whole absolute crux of this thing is mm. what the fuck is going to happen to her. So, your mind spins off into all different directions. So, oh, okay, what does this mean for how she ends up, and why the big question of why she's not in Breaking Bad? My question to you is: When you interviewed Peter Gould, yeah, bear um, in mind this was for season post season five, right? But does, so did but did he know? Did they know the trajectory of this whole um, story when they created it? In other words, did they have in mind how they were going to get from from this show to Breaking Bad? And plus the the future episodes in the black and white Cinnabon stuff. My understanding is no. Okay, they, they don't. And what they what they seem to do is they seem to enjoy painting themselves into corners. Right. So uh, you know, famously, I'm sure people listen to this know this story, but famously that cold open at the beginning of the final season of Breaking Bad when it's a flash forward to Walt and he's celebrating his 52nd birthday and he's got his hair back and you know he gets yeah. he gets visited by 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 Jim Beard and he opens up the um the you know the the, the trunk of the car and there's a massive machine gun in there. They didn't know what that was for. They didn't know, <laughs> oh, you know, what he needed it for. Right. They didn't know where he was going. They they, they just go, we're going to start here mm-hmm. and figure it out along the way. Right. And there's been an awful lot of that with, I think, this show. But, what you know, how much they knew about, I mean, obviously they broke it in the writer's room, so how much they knew at what, what point where they wanted to end up. Whether they knew whether they knew from day one where they wanted the show to end, I don't know. No. Uh, but hopefully we're going to talk. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping to talk to Peter Gold once, yeah. once it's all done and dusted. Yeah, what because yeah, yeah, because it works so well. I mean, I, I, I often I think that that method. I often, you know, novelists and you know, kind of crime novelists who do who done it get your end and start back. Yeah, yeah. I think mm. you know, but but the kind of doing it on the hoof thing, it can work. It can work brilliantly. Yeah. There are you know there are quite a lot of legendary. Writers of this kind of plotting who who do who do do that on the who it's the Lee Child Lee Child right, the Lee, Child, Lee right. Child Lee Child Lee mean, Child famously the there's, there's a book the master of all yeah. novels yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a there's a there's a book called The Making of Made Me which is the twentieth I believe the twentieth uh, Jack Reacher novel where a a literary professor who's a massive fan of the Jack Reacher novels basically got permission to shadow Lee Child all the way through the writing of the book. And one of the things that Lee Child says is that when I sit down, I read, I, he, every September 1st, I'll sit down, I'll start writing the next Jack Reacher novel, and I have no idea what it's about, I have no idea what it's going, and I just start writing, and I figure it out along the way. And you're going, that's bullshit. You must, you must revise. You must yeah. go back and, and change things, because there's so many coincidences and so mm. many you know, plot twists and turns and rug pulls and all that sort of stuff. And this book makes it clear that, no, he literally does just make it up as he goes. He maybe tweak things along the way to make things fit, but... 
by and large, it's by you know, flying by the seat of his pants. And I think they do the same thing yeah. for the most part with, with Better Call Saul. And I wonder whether that does make it more exciting. Because it obviously makes it more exciting for the writers, doesn't it? I mean, you yeah. know, it's, if you know how a thing plays out, I often think writers say they have to tell their publishers they have to give them a full like you know account of exactly where the story is going it's like wasn't that doesn't make it more boring that you just have to kind of you know create this thing that you've already thought whereas writing it as it goes on like these examples you've said i think i think maybe that makes for just more thrilling storytelling and reading and Mm. and watching Mm. because they don't know where it's going I think I think it, I th- it that makes sense to me. That it's yeah. more exciting, yeah. And it, it means as well that they they can they can pull the rug out from other people's feet when you're least expecting it. So, you know, notwithstanding my my theory that Nacho was wreathed in plot armor, which he which he clearly isn't. And you know, there's also the question we should get onto it. Obviously, we'll we'll get onto what we think what yeah. we think is going to happen to all yeah. the the remaining major characters. Um, you know, is Lalo wreathed in plot armor again because Lalo is someone that that, that Jimmy Saul mentions in that very first episode of, of Breaking Bad uh, where, he, where he first appeared in Breaking Bad anyway um, who knows we shall see but you know it means that they're able to they're able to do reversals so I didn't expect Michael Mando to be gone from the show after the third episode of the season I, w- I was expecting his natural storyline to run on and run mm-hmm. on and I was trying to think of a way out and it was fascinating watching that episode because I've seen it a couple of times now where you know it now just feels they they made it a Nacho mini movie. Yeah, basically the first three episodes are almost all about Nacho and trying to get out, and then his story's done, and that frees them up to to carry on. And now Howard's off the table as well. So slowly but surely, they're they're all these really surprising deaths that mm. I just did not see coming are freeing them up to to focus on Jimmy and Kim and and Mike and and Gus and Lalo uh, without any extraneous distractions. I do like something that they've really honed in on in the first half of this is really interrogating the nature of the show as well, which actually I think lends really nicely to the meta point that you're making. The first being, and we've spoken about this on the pilot podcast, so apologies, but it's Jimmy and I've forgotten his name, which is dreadful on me, but keep in mind I only started watching the show this year, unlike James. That's right. Uh, Yes. His henchman is in the car with Jimmy and turns to him and says... Why, why is it that you do this? You know, oh, you're yeah, both paid, you both pay yeah. quite a lot of money. Yes. You know, you're both fine. Yes. Why why is it that you do these things? And very directly puts Jimmy on the spot and forces him to answer that question. You know, no kind of talking himself out of it. They're literally in a car together. And he's asked exactly what everyone has been thinking for the past six, seven years, in my case, six months. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just very much like, why, why, why? Like, uh, you know, and it's not even a a case of judgment. It's almost like a passing comment. It's not scrutinizing. He'll still do what Jimmy asks him to do, but he's just just curious, you know. You're both absolutely fine. Why is it that you do this? And I found that absolutely fucking fascinating. And he doesn't answer. No. There's no answer, yeah, because I guess the answer is because it's it's fun, really. And and partly maybe he's lost, especially now that um, Kim is is so... um, pulling the strings more than him at this stage maybe he's lost lost track of it himself slightly yeah, yeah. you know yeah. maybe he, he is. certainly doesn't learn his lesson does he because you'd think after being stranded in the desert for yeah. days on end with you know nearly dying yeah um that he might think that these capers can go really disastrously That's wrong exactly yeah. but maybe the lesson he, the big big lesson at the end of at the end of this whole series yeah is how he ends up in such a position where he then ends up being the person, the Saul, the version of Saul in, in Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still an awful lot of ground yeah. to cover before <laughs> we before we get to that point. And yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, we know that obviously Walt and Jesse are going to be in this. In this, I, I do wonder if there's going to be an episode that, maybe an entire episode that, that crosses over with the Breaking Bad universe mm. and fills in stuff from mm. from Saul's point of view and does that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, are dead thing. But then you also have, I think there'll be, you know, I'm wrong about everything, so I'm my <laughs> but I think there will be an episode post. I think there'll be an episode dedicated entirely to Gene as well. Really? Uh, a whole episode? No, I, I, I think there will be a, a, a something dedicated to Gene, yeah. But I, I, I wonder if a whole episode. A whole episode in black and white? I don't know if it's going to be all in black and white. Okay. Which we might, might catch up. But the fact yeah. that there was no Gene cold open yeah. this season was interesting that was to me. Yeah. It feels like there's going to be a lot of story to wrap up there. There's a theory going around that Kim is also in witness protection, yes. that she yes. is the first to fail of the services of Robert Forster's uh, vacuum repair salesman yeah. and, and get disappeared. And that maybe she's gone back to Nebraska because a lot of people are uh, have noted that 
Kim is from Nebraska. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there are Nebraska license plates in that episode that, you know, opens with, you know, her stealing the the necklace and her, her mom comes uh, comes around and, you know, and um, and then steals it again for her. Uh, so some people are wondering, and I think this is wish fulfillment kicking in. I don't think the show is going to go there. Some people are wondering if somehow this ends with, with Jimmy slash Saul slash Gene reconciling somehow with, with Kim. Um, maybe I, I think it might. I think I think the witch, witness protection interesting is really like a witness protection. Yeah, that she I ends hadn't up in considered witness protection. witness protection. Yeah, because that's different from that's different from vacuum repair salesman. Yeah, the re- I've seen. Well, I, I think the reason why, for me, like there might be a big dilemma, f- or she may she may. The explanation we need is why she's never mentioned in Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, and so one of the exclamations for me that might work is if she's in witness protection and she has to and he cannot he cannot mention her example you know I so just love she, neither she, of you are saying that she's dying neither <laughs> of you will say that she dies yeah neither of you have no. you outright said one of the first things you said when you did our first recording is well Kim might die so, and you're no, both no. in no. just like Kim's wreath and plot armor yeah <laughs> I think well you know I genuinely think that her dying would be I'm not going to say the an, easy, an easier way out yeah right whereas to come up with a way of explaining why she isn't mentioned at all in, in, in Breaking Bad yeah. that isn't doesn't involve her dying yeah. is much more challenging, interesting, and and satisfying. So I, I I would be surprised if she get if she if she just in quotes dies or gets killed or whatever. I still I still think it's the same thing. There's yeah, there's a lot of ground to cover, and I said this in the last one. There's a lot of ground to cover still from where where Jimmy is now and where Saul is when we meet him, where he's like horn dogging with Francesca, you know, at the right. uh, you know, he's basically, you know, you know, when he leaves the office, you know, at night in that Better Call Saul episode of Breaking Bad, and he's basically like, "Hey, can I follow you home? Ooh, look at those, look at those, that, look at that booty and all that stuff." And that's yeah. like that's not Jimmy at all. No. You know, and that's not that's not a man who's married to Kim. So Kim out of the picture. But I still think if you kill Kim, and if she dies as a direct result of something that Jimmy did, mm. I don't think he becomes that Saul Goodman. Or maybe he does. No, maybe I agree he, with you. Maybe I he, agree with maybe that. he does. Maybe he completely. Maybe that's the, the maybe that which severs. Is, which is whatever's left of him. My witness protection theory <laughs> comes in because I think I'd never heard this theory before. I'm, I'm loving this theory. Well, it's my. It's totally my own theory. And this is great. I, you know, I love it. it is it, the way that comes from is I think I think there's going to be a. Bearing in mind, she's getting. She has side some side meetings and discussions that he is not aware of. Yes. Right. She meets Mike in the, yeah. in, the in this right. season. So there's a part. For, there's a. There's. I think there's room for in these seven. In these six remaining episodes. Six episodes. Six remaining episodes. One Breaking Bad. One Gene. Yeah. Four left. Right. <laughs> for for the, for there to be a split. For there to be a, a really excruciatingly emotional. Because I think for one or other of them to betray the other in some way. I think that could happen. This is all. I mean, I maybe where we proved wrong. Do you know what I mean? But and that it may involve her having to some to some extent rat on him or something like that I'm being a bit simplistic about it but you know what I mean yeah. something in that direction she, legally she can I mean she's right. not, she's, she won't be forced to testify against him he won't be forced to testify yeah. against her yeah but there might be something else yes so something else and I think that would end up with him with with a with a huge split and her going off into a different life somehow which is where my witness protection theory comes in and I think that would leave him end up leave him with a way of becoming the character we meet in Breaking Bad that's my that's my thinking really that if there's some she's still alive but she but there's a, a fundamental huge wedge between them and that's why that's why but then, and then also leaving room for your which I can love the idea of future reuniting of them at the end well in, I, I, in Cinnabon I, I think that's honestly that's just a romantic part of me that I just don't see how that works but he stays behind. Uh, in in Omaha, he stays behind right. at the end of, of at the end of the cold open of last season, where he could run. He's about to call Robert Forster again, and and obviously for very sad reasons, they can't use Robert Forster yeah. anymore. Uh, so they you know they they would have to find another way of doing that. But he decides to stay and fight it out. And there's part of me thinks that these shows. I was literally just listening to the latest episode of the Better Call Saul Insider podcast on the way here. And there was a moment where Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold were asked um, by, uh, it was a listener question special, and they were asked by someone about morality and, and how much morality dictates mm. their storytelling choices. Mm. 
And Finskill was like, yeah, it's something we think about. You know, we, you know, we want to show that, you know, there's short term gains to these lifestyles and these choices these people make, but there may be no necessarily long term gains. And that's why pretty much everyone gets punished. Everyone who breaks bad gets punished in these, in these, in these shows. There are very few happy endings in the Breaking Bad universe. Yeah. You could argue Jesse Pinkman. Jesse gets away. Uh, spoiler alert for the end of El Camino. Jesse gets away and he, he gets Robert Forster and he, you know, he goes to live a new life in Alaska with a new name and new identity. Yeah. But he's always going to be looking over his shoulder mm. and he's always going to be traumatized by what he went through and what he did and what happened to him. So I don't know. So I'm kind of torn between my desire as a romanticist <laughs> for a happy ending for Jimmy. Yeah. And a happy ending would ideally involve Kim. Somehow they've kept in touch. Somehow they both know where each other is, which seems a little bit fanciful for me. And the knowledge that this show doesn't do happy endings. That this universe doesn't do happy mm. endings. Yeah. And you could argue this universe doesn't do happy <laughs> well, endings if you want to get deep about it. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I, get, I, I think, I think if, right, I, I agree with that. And I think, and I'm not necessarily saying that they reunite or anything like that in, in the ultimate romantic way. I mean more that it's result, it, is that we know what the hell is happening in her life and what's happening in his life and that in, 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 in the future black and white world. And that, that is very satisfying. I think it will be incredibly poignant to to explore just to have some kind of hint that they're aware of each other's lives but cannot unite at all cannot see yeah. each other somehow which again is where my witness protection theory comes in that's a great theory something it's like that theory. something like that that's going to keep them apart but give you a really poignant so it'll be it'll be still it is romantic but not literally bringing them back together just just that awareness I just, I, of yeah. the fact that they have to keep apart yeah. for whatever reason will be more for me more poignant to me than even if she gets killed in whatever way, and you know, I would, yeah, you know. I would accept that because you have to. What are the what's the threat right now to, to Jimmy slash Gene in in Nebraska? There's, someone knows who he is, so the threat is what this person could rat him out to the cartel, to the cops. So is that the threat for him right now? But is he in mortal danger, or is he is he just in danger going in, going to the slammer? What's what's the? Well, you'd think Lalo could just. If Lalo's still alive, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which I don't think he is by this point. But then there was right. that interaction, wasn't there, with with that group of men in the in the mall who knew yeah. who he was. So I, I guess he's going to stay and make a stand against them. I'm confident he's made a lot of enemies within the time between that and the time where he's he's I mean, working in yeah. Cinnabon. I'm yeah. confident that there's probably like a plateau, like a, like a nice plateau of. Well, there's like a queue of people waiting, yeah. like about seeing an airplane where they're just waiting, you know, with, with yeah. different, different weapons to, <laughs> to no, take them out. Like, Knuckle duster and a baseball bat and a yeah. gun. Yeah. Basically, yeah. 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 So and I'm, that woman arrives with a, with a naked breast out in the middle of the airplane, which you can never do in 2022. No. Some strange segue, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking of that scene. <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> it's in, it's in <laughs> that scene, isn't it? Did you do this in all pilots? <laughs> or should I say pilot? <laughs> I thought that was the scene where there's just turbulence. Oh, is it? Oh, is that, oh you're right. It's yes. a different scene. It's a completely Sorry. different scene, boy. Sorry. <laughs> what the hell? Cut that bit <laughs> Oh, no, that's staying in. Oh, you <laughs> That's staying in. Of course it is. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> but yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Cinnabons. Yeah, Cinnabons. Yeah. Cinnabons. <laughs> oh, no. The other thought I had is... Sorry. The other thought I had is what if it's Kim who kills Lalo as well? Oh! Now that Boy, I'd with the love. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. That I'd fucking love to see. Oh. I'd love to see that. Because think about it. Again, I'm thinking of all different ways where she has to some big massive reckoning for her, and maybe you know, maybe she, maybe you know, what how, what else is going to happen to him? As you're right, he's going to die. Right, he has yeah. to die. He has he's, to die. He's not in Breaking Bad. Um, and it looks obvious at the moment that Gus is going to kill him or Mike's going to kill right, him because be Gus obvious. is doing that yeah. thing where he went and he he uh, he scoped out the the super lab and he placed a gun beneath yeah. the place so he's expecting a confrontation to happen between him and Lalo at some point oh, so and good. Lalo will figure out he, well Lalo knows where the super lab is because yeah. you know, he's yeah. he's so smart and again I'll just very very quickly go to my thing I wish this guy was around Breaking Bad because oh, I know. Uh, I know. you know he, I think he would have been the most worthy adversary for Walter but then, you know, yeah. uh, it is what it is time works in a linear fashion so <laughs> we, we, can, we can only do what we can do <laughs> But yeah, I think um, you're absolutely right about that. You know, that's that's you're blowing my mind with these theories, boy. Do you have any more? Right. I mean, the, they're Lalo, my main ones. Kim might kill Lalo. Yeah. Kim might go into witness protection yeah. because of killing Lalo. Yeah, exactly. And also remember, she's the one because she's the one who's got so much to lose. She's she's creating her own, you know, proper law legal um, firm, isn't she? Where she's yeah. gonna 
you know, do the right thing. And, you know, she's, she's got a moral kind of, you know, thing going on with she's going to help people. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, where you're not... Pro bono. Thank you. Pro bono. Yeah. <laughs> I was clasping for pro bono, that phrase. Thank you. <laughs> she's, you know, all of that's happening like on a, on a very, you know, she's she's doing the right thing. Yeah. And yet, classic classic Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul, she's going to end up doing something fucking awful but that she has to do you can't blame her who's going to blame her for killing fucking Lalo that psychopath yeah you know and however so yeah that, that, that's a strong feeling I have I accept your reading of this the only, the only question I would have about that is what does that leave for Gus and Mike to do and Mike you know those two are obviously they're going to walk away they're going to be left alive at the yeah. end of a certain point mm. of the show we know we know that we know they both die in the future spoilers for Breaking Bad by the way if you <laughs> haven't seen Breaking Bad oh I mean yeah. honestly come on stop listen to this and go watch Breaking Bad <laughs> yeah. 62 episodes you're going to love it <laughs> yeah. and then come back um, but you know Mike we know what happens to him we know what happens to Gus dramatically what can they do what 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 is left for them to do that, that they haven't done before Surely that's building towards sure. a confrontation with Lalo. Rather yeah. than oh, completely. But for me, it'll be more exciting. We will build to a massive confrontation, but then it, there will be some, a more surprising thing. And she, that's that's my theory that she's going to. It'll be more surprising, interesting, and fascinating for her to end up being the one rather than them. Yeah. Remember, because they. How do they end up? Because he, Gus. I mean, Gus. Kind of is Gus, isn't he? In in Breaking Bad, it's very similar to this Gus that we've seen all the way through this series. Mm. Yeah, Mike. Slightly different, I feel like Mike's really been fleshed out brilliantly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. and, and it's feel. I, I feel like the way Mike ended up in when we were introduced to him in Breaking Bad was quite different to something. Very he different. Didn't, yeah, very yeah. different. In fact, right? Have you? Uh, yeah, because his like, his status in the freeing organization was very different from what right. it is right now. So the, right. that ground has to be covered. Yeah, in, in that there was a sense in that that he was Gus's right hand man when we when we first meet him. Yeah, because we meet we meet him at the end of see of. Um, of season two yes. of Breaking Bad, um, wasn't he meant to be Saul? Yeah, that's wasn't right. it, wasn't yeah, this, really? the, Maybe, this yeah. was the story. This yeah, I think I the story that. was that um, they needed a scene. Jesse was spinning out after the death of of Jane in in season two. Yeah, and they needed they had a scene where someone goes to basically you know talk some sense into him and sort him out and you know get him back on the on the straight and narrow ish the straight ish and narrow ish mm. and i think it was meant to be Saul originally because Saul had been introduced in the last episode that would have made sense for Saul to be the one to give him this sort of pep talk yeah. and the uh, Bob Odenkirk I don't think was available mm-hmm. so they had to conjure very very quickly at the last minute this other character so this really interesting guy who just comes out of nowhere gives this kid this bag gives this kid this sort of little pep talk and then disappears in the night and they were like who the hell is that guy <laughs> talking about you know this this is yeah. the whole thing about flying by the seat of your pants right. and rolling with the punches mm. And they're like, they're going, okay, who's that guy? We just cast this guy, Jonathan Banks. I want to know more about him. Yeah. And so suddenly then he becomes a major, major player from that point on. And all because I think Bob Odenkirk wasn't available on the day. Okay. Well, that's amazing. That's wild. Really yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> but what I meant in that whole long winded thing is that I don't think we need a big moment. I don't think, I think, you know, we, we can follow them as they're, yeah. what, what they're doing at the moment. And they're kind of making kind of slightly misguided decisions about, you know, um, where they're in terms of Lalo, you know what they think they can do. And Lalo seems to be outmaneuvering them, doesn't he? Oh, very much so. You know, completely. very much so. And that yeah. can carry on happening in interesting and fascinating and dramatic ways mm. without necessarily them having to have a big whatever at the end of this season because we know how they end up in Breaking Bad. Whereas for me, Kim, it's all about fucking Kim. What's going to happen and how she's going <laughs> to end up in this thing? Did you notice, by the way, I, I knew, she directed an episode? Really? She did. Yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah. to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Ray Seahorn. Yeah. 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 Really good episode. Really, as well. a, a fantastic episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I went when I really once I'd seen that she directed that. I then went back and watched it again. Yeah, and it's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's she, she does a phenomenal job. And so the sort of the Giancarlo Esposito, Esposito right? Uh, but which I've learned is now pronounced Esposito because oh of his God, appearance. Yeah, for years I've pronounced it Esposito. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, and, and and in fact, I've heard so many different versions of of Giancarlo from Giancarlo to Giancarlo, but it's apparently Giancarlo Esposito. Where did you get uh, that from? This is from the Better Call Saul Insider podcast, uh, and it's Ray Seahorn, not Rhea. Oh Seahorn. my God, I need to yeah. listen to that podcast. So there <laughs> you go. Uh, but they they both did really good jobs. On, yeah, uh, I think I think mm. Esposito's episode was perhaps less pivotal. That's the yeah. one where, uh, where where Lalo. Attacks one of uh, Ferner's 
Workmen. Yes. There's a lovely horror movie vibe to that. Yeah. But I thought that uh, Ray Seahorn's episode was, was really good. That's the one that contains obviously a bit of business with, um, with, uh, am I right in thinking this? It's the one that contains a bit of business with the, the prostitute in, Har- in, in Howard's car. And it's also the one that, that has, yes. the, it has yeah. the meeting with, uh, the meeting with Mike yes. at the end where those two characters really meet properly for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great yeah. scene. Yeah. 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 I really hope we see, because I hadn't seen her in anything. Prior to this, I hope this isn't the end of her. Or oh. not, not just because I don't want Kim to die. No one wants Kim to die. But I, I hope that we see her in a, in a lot more stuff moving forward. Because I, I hadn't seen her in anything before this. No, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hoping we see her in lots and lots Absolutely. of stuff. So six episodes left. So yeah. I'm guessing Peter Gould directs one. I'm guessing Vince Gilligan directs another one. I know Michael Morris, who's the show's directing producer or producing director however you want to say it he's a guy who directed the first episode of this season uh, he's a British British director I know he directs another episode so that leaves three well according to uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia okay. do they have the, they have the <laughs> directors already yes, they do Vince directs episode one Michael Morris episode two Michelle McLaren episode oh, three oh Michelle McLaren yes. Thomas Schnauz. Thomas Schnauz. <laughs> then Vince is back for the penultimate. Peter Gould, your Peter friend, Gould. directs the finale. My friend. I've yeah. interviewed him once. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, that's how it works. That's enough. He wrote and directed the finale. Of course he did. And, and Vince, Vince Gilligan wrote and directed the, the, the penultimate. Oh, it's like a murderer's row of talent on yeah. the on this last few episodes. So, yeah, I don't know how they've got these these details, the, the Wikipedia, but they do what they do. Yeah. Uh, so Gordon Smith, uh, who wrote Rock and Hard Place and directed Rock and Hard Place as well, which is the, 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 the sad death of, <laughs> of Nacho. Um, he is He's writing uh, the first part, which is called Point and Shoot. Uh, and Vince Gilligan's directed that. Anne Cherkis, who wrote Hit and Run. Uh, she's back for episode nine, which is directed by Michael Morris. Um, uh, episode 10, Alison Tatlock. Which, episode nine is called Fun and Games. Fun and Games. already. Yeah. Episode oh, 10, which is called TBA. Uh, <laughs> Alison Tatlock wrote it. And Michelle McLaren, who directed some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad, um, is back to direct that. Thomas Schnauz, who of course wrote and directed Plan and Execution and the horrifying death of Howard Hamlin. Uh, he's back for the uh, is it anti-penultimate? I believe anti-penultimate is the word no, for before penultimate. Yes, I believe I it is. Right. Yeah, well, uh, and Vince Gilligan writes and directs the penultimate episode, and then Peter Gould brings it home. Oh my god! Oh my god! So that's all Gene all the time. God. Yes, you're, I like your old Gene all the time. I, I, I think like that's where it's going to go. All in black and white. Why not? Why not? Well, I mean. uh, the reason why I think it might be is that the show did tease something. So after I think episode seven, the Better Call Saul official Instagram account uh, put up mm-hmm. like a ten-second black and white, very, uh, very weird teaser it was just a, a, a shot on a, st- a static room uh, yeah. empty room right. and you heard Jimmy's voice going well here we are a happy ending oh, yes. and that made me think okay this is not going to be a happy ending <laughs> yeah of course but it was in black and white right and so that makes me think that there might be there might be a full on episode of Gene shenanigans oh I'd love it if, it's, if uh, there was I, 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 you know I know he's done terrible things I know he's broken back <laughs> I know he's been responsible for the deaths of, of many many people but I want Jimmy to get out of this uh, you yeah. know I, I don't yeah. want to see him punished in that grand karmic sense mm-hmm. I, you know I want, I want a, a happy ish ending even if it's and there was a moral difference in. between his what he's done and what you know, Lalo or someone's done. Yeah, <laughs> Lalo, who literally will will appear to be benevolent yes. and fund this lovely couple's farmhouse <laughs> yes. and their farming enterprise, but has basically just got this guy on tap to brutally kill him one day in case he needs a body double. That Lalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He shouldn't get a happy ending. No, but Jimmy slash Saul is different, isn't he? It's it's. it's he, he, I think everything that he's done is, you know, obviously he's, you know, he's done some very dodgy things, and that's part of the whole. That is the whole point. Yeah. But not even, like, not even like in a Breaking Bad way. Not even, you know, as much as those guys did. You know, I think he's a different. That's what makes it so fascinating. Is his is is who he is and what he is, and you know, that he's a bit of a buffoon when we see him first in Breaking Bad, and how we've, you know, how, how they've turned him into this incredibly complex, three dimensional, densely layered human being but mm. he's not like he, I don't feel like he needs to he, he needs comeuppance in that way mm. it feels different to me um, when it, you were talking uh, about that moral question as to you know yeah. do they write with the moral th- I don't think they feel they have to show him you know I think it, again I go back to a point he has there will be a poignant enough ending without having to you know kill him or whatever like that or whatever yeah. 
Well, it was about, it was about you know the ideas of of retribution and punishment, and you know, and being punished for your crimes. He's been working in a Cinnabon in right. Omaha, Nebraska exactly. for, exactly. for, exactly. for yeah. a while. Yeah, that That's, enough. That enough. Right. <laughs> That's enough. That is enough. That's enough. Not to, of course, you know, yeah, do down the efforts of anyone who's working in a Cinnabon <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska. I love Cinnabon when I've gone to the States and I applaud your efforts. Uh, <laughs> uh, your, your, your attempts to usher me to an early grave with that beautiful artery blocking stuff of yours. <laughs> do they have Cinnabons in New York? They must have. They must. Yeah. They must have. I'm going in a couple. Of I've months. definitely had Check Cinnabons. Yeah. I might have a might have a special oh, journey to a Cinnabon. Please, <laughs> please. All right. Um, any other non sequiturs about about breasts, uh, Boyd, or should we should we wrap this up? <laughs> I just got my airplane scenes right mixed up. Right, I need to. Considering I once hosted a Q and A with the creators of Airplane, oh, amazing! Well, that is, a disgrace, I feel like. is that where you started? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my, there you go. Um, all right, we've got a couple of really quick questions from listeners, um, mainly because I asked for questions while we were recording yes. this. So we haven't got a lot. Uh, but Ben Poole on Twitter, who is Benjamin Bump, uh, says, if Kim dies, we riot. Yes, we do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently we're not even entertaining that as an option. So, <laughs> do you think we? Do you think she's going to die? I'm not saying that anybody. I'm. I'm just saying nobody appears to be safe beyond those yeah. whose fates are definitely, definitely marked in Breaking Bad. Mm. Like nobody, ne- none of us saw those deaths coming in this season. No. Um, so I'm not putting anything past them, and I kind of love that. Having watched recently a lot of films and shows where people are. That they there's, they they don't have the guts to kill people off with this they they do and they like twist the knife so um, yeah. yeah I'm saying no one's safe but we do riot okay I'm not taking Kim <laughs> I'm I'm not taking Kim dying <laughs> off the table much so it would pain me <laughs> you'd have to ask yourself where the show could go after that although there is something interesting in exploring how much of Saul is a facade. And what Jimmy's life, what, you know, when 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 Saul goes home at, at night, that mm. fast mansion of his that we see in that amazing cold open at the beginning of, of yeah. the season, how much of Saul, does he take Saul off and then there's Jimmy mm. a bit sad and mm. a bit lone and a bit forlorn? Or is he all Saul all the time? Because that cold open would seem to indicate that Saul takes over to an extent. Yeah. That that mansion is Trumpian in its excess. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I was, I'm was i sure I wasn't alone in combing through that cold open. Uh, and by the way, apparently as the next six episodes will carry on, we will get more and more callbacks to that cold open. So we've already seen the, the little black book mm. at the, the FET. I think Jimmy or, or Kim will clearly buy that off off the FET and that's maybe how he gets you know in connection with Mike and certainly how they get in connection with Robert Forster um, but there's more stuff I think that's going to become relevant but I, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the only one coming through that almost going frame by frame looking for some evidence of Kim mm. looking for some evidence of a female presence and apart from that pink thong yes. which may have been Saul's we yes. don't know yes. <laughs> there didn't seem to be any there's Viagra right. but oh, you wow. know it doesn't look good, does it? No. No. So let's, let's say that she does die. <laughs> Might they do what they did with Nacho and take her off the table a lot earlier than expected? I mean, that would be That would be huge. brutal. That and would be brutal. absolutely huge and brutal. brutal. Brutal deluxe. Yeah. I don't think they would. I, uh... <laughs> I want to play no. this back when we see the uh, final episode, how wrong we were. Uh, yeah. yeah. Do you do yeah. how wrong we were? Follow up podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Humble yeah. follow ups. We, we did a thing. We, we, well, yes, last Friday, oh, I think, before, yeah, before Stranger Things, the last two episodes <laughs> okay. arrived, we thought what was going to happen. I, don't, I think every single thing. Oh, I we said didn't get a just, single no. There's a reason right. why we talk about the shit and don't make it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fundamentally. Yes. But I, to your point, though, I think I would be amazed if she doesn't make it to at least the penultimate or the anti-penultimate or the anti-penultimate <laughs> episode. I would be astonished if, if the ending yeah. of if before we get to the to your black and white Cinnabon era finale um, <laughs> that she is the climax has to be her, doesn't it? it just has to. Yeah. be. I think it would be the emotional climax of the show would be Kim. It's got to right. be. It's got to be. Yeah, I think it would be remiss. I'm going to use the word remiss to get remiss. rid of her. But you know, in the second or third or episode or something. So maybe there isn't a Breaking Bad episode. Maybe we just see Walt and Jesse in a in a cold open. In the same way that you know we had that flash forward in what season four or five? Uh, the four, I think it was, 
where we see the moment of panic when the, you know the, the walls are, are, are yeah. crumbling around him and, and he and his secretary get in the hell out of Dodge. Oh, yeah. there's also that moment where he says to her, be at this phone at three o'clock on this date and you know what to say when you pick up the phone, when the, when the, when the number rings. And she's like, yes, I know what to say. And if it doesn't ring, if it's 10 minutes late, I won't be there. Right, yeah. Is that Kim? God, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Is Kim, oh, yeah, could be. has Kim arranged it? You <laughs> Why have you got it so wrong last time? I was so When does hurt. that scene happen again? It's the cold open of, I think it's 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 season four, isn't it? I completely forgot about that. It's season four. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, God, I completely forgot about that scene, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Of course, it could well be her. Along with the cold open at the beginning of this season, I'm, mm. if I'm right in thinking, it's the only time we flash forward to Saul Goodman. Right. You know, obviously there's Gene, but it's the only time we flash forward to Saul Goodman in yeah. the life of this show. Yes. And we see the moment of panic when everything's going wrong and they have to get the hell out of Dodge, and he's calling Robert Forster, and he's throwing money into bags and he's giving yeah, her a little yeah, bit of money, right, yeah, yeah. and he says, "Okay, you're going to be at this place as arranged, like October fifteenth, three o'clock. You're going to be at that place. Yeah. And if I phone, if it's ten minutes late, I'm on my way." I mean, that what would is be that? Brilliant. That would be brilliant if it was Kim. <laughs> That's got to be really excited. But I've also <laughs> got like a stopper on this because. I was going to see an tape for a really long time, and I didn't. Yeah. <sighs> oh my word. Um, that wasn't even the question. Sorry, what was the question? What was the question? It was just if Kim dies, we riot. Wasn't no, it? No, that yeah, was it just a statement. But there was, there was, yeah, sorry, there was, there was, you didn't even get to the end of the question. But can you guys just discuss uh, Ray Seahorn's brilliance in oh. the show and where you think Kim might end up? We we've discussed that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think. Mm. Uh, also, am I the only one who thought the candle flickering at the end of the previous episode was a sign of Chuck's spirit visiting? I don't really believe in that sort of thing, but in the moment of watching that scene, I thought old Chuck had blown in to judge Jimmy for the dire consequences of his actions. Hey, okay. we, isn't there a glimpse of the painting of Chuck? Isn't there? Don't I well, that? Howard, Howard, Chuck is mentioned in that episode because Howard talks yeah. about about him, yeah, and about you know how he was a great great mentor to him. Yeah, I'm sure um, there's a glimpse of of, of Chuck. Glimpse, you know, yeah. So, so Chuck in Chuck the, hasn't left the show completely in in that sense. Yeah, no, I like that idea. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if we might bring Michael McKean back as well for a, oh, a little great. flashback. Yeah. We've had that. We've had that in the past. So that'd be nice just to see the brothers together one last time. Um, yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, but no, I, 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 you know, but I do, I do. It felt like a ghost story mm. at the end. Yeah, and for Jimmy, yeah. it was a ghost story because he didn't know that Lalo was alive, and then Lalo blows in out of nowhere, and he literally thinks he's seeing a ghost. And then Kim, of course, knew that Lala was alive, but kept that information from Jimmy. So is that going to be the source of, uh, of ructions leading to her betraying Jimmy, going into witness protection, uh, and then reuniting with him at the Cinnabon in Nebraska? <laughs> they run into each, other, in each other's arms over a syrupy glaze. Oh, oh, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, it'll never happen, but we'd like to hope. Be really, really nice. Yeah. Mike Boy, prediction, Kim is alive in the... Oh, I think Mike Boy is your burner account, Boy. Oh. Uh, Kim is alive in the Tulsa Cinema Bond timeline, Cinema Bond timeline, pilot TV podcast, and uh, Jimmy <laughs> slash Jean is unable to contact her by watching her from afar, trapped in an unending purgatory. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, that would yeah, make that's a, sense. That's a much more poetic description of what the hell I was trying to get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Jane Nelson, who'd win in a fight between Saul Goodman and Hutch Mansell of Nobody. I know Hutch could kick his arse physically, but surely Saul would find a way to talk his way out of trouble. Well, not really, because one of my favourite things about this film is when Howard and Jimmy fought in the ring. Yeah. And Howard was just like, that was oh, weird. Let's, let's fucking do it then. Let's, let's fucking go, is basically what he was saying. And obviously Jimmy was incredibly uncomfortable at the very like open down to brass tacks confrontation, which he couldn't really talk himself out of, felt very reluctant to back away from. And yeah, it kind of that was again with that that scene in the car where he's being asked why he does what he does. It really does sort of strip you right down to the kind of the the bare bones of it all. And you see Jimmy strapping on the gloves and trying. Yeah, he wouldn't stand a chance, bless him. <laughs> he wouldn't stand, no, a, he chance. Wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I did like the reveal that he was like two steps ahead of Howard, though. Yeah. That Howard's PI was actually working for Jimmy and, and Kim in the first place, oh, that's and fantastic. they saw him coming in every yes. every way because yeah. they knew that he would. It would be obvious that they were behind this once it once it was interrogated with some scrutiny. 
Yeah, that yeah. was so satisfying. Yeah. It was genius. Yeah. It was genius. That boxing, I forgot about the boxing scene. That was really, that was fascinating. I because loved part it. of this, the, the, the whole thing is about, I mean, the whole Breaking Bad slash Better Calls All saga is about masculinity and, you know, and, and um, alpha males and how how Jimmy slash Saul is not by no means an alpha male, but yet is embroiled in this world of psychopaths and, you know, aggression and mm-hmm. and gangsters and all that. It's it, That's what makes it what it is in a way and, and that boxing episode mm. that scene kind yeah. of summed that up a bit that he ends up what the fuck is he, what are you doing yeah. what, are you, you know, what are you playing at you obviously just had no chance but often he has no chance and often you're like what are you playing at why are you involved in this whole thing yeah mm. um, I thought it was, oh, it was brilliant yeah it was great brilliant all right. Well, listen. The, the 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 last two things I want to address real quick before we leave uh, is I don't know whether we have talked enough about Nacho and about uh, <sighs> about Howard so and about Michael Mando and about Patrick Fabian, uh, who um, I don't think we will see either of them again. But you you never know. Um, did anyone see that thing that Bob Odenkirk had shared a picture of him and Patrick Fabian a couple of months before the final episode or episode seven aired? I think it was either Patrick Fabian's birthday or they had just wrapped or something like that. that. And he shared a picture of Patrick Fabian from the the day that they were shooting um, Howard's death. And so you you could just about see the blood of the squid on the side (gasps) of Patrick Fabian's head, like a massive spoiler hiding there in plain sight. And people kind of picked up on it a little bit at the Mm. beginning, at the the time, but certainly after he posted it again after, after that moment. But I also, I also believe that Patrick Fabian was on set the day that Bob went down. Mm. Uh, So was, so was Ray Seahorn. And so I think there's, I think it's going to pick up. I think episode 08 is going to pick up in the immediate aftermath of that. So right. he's still, so Howard's still going to be lying yeah. on the ground. Yeah, he may still be technically alive for yeah. a couple for a couple of of minutes, which is a really gruesome thought. But yeah. you know, so I think um, you know, I don't think we're gonna, I, I don't think we're gonna see Patrick Fabian beyond that. But I think that both he and Michael Mando were phenomenal because Howard is someone that the show, I think has kind of neglected at times mm. and turned into this this comedic figure and there was a moment you know if i if i dare criticize this show that i think is one of the greatest of all time you know i think there were moments where it didn't quite know what to do with certain characters and howard was certainly one of those right yeah but it came around in this in this run of of seven episodes just gone yeah and it gave patrick fabian really really comedic notes to play but also kind of heartbreaking notes to play that moment with his wife yeah where he's just trying to make this perfect yeah. latte for and get the, the get the art just right the barista <sighs> yes. art just right and she just pours it into her travel mug without so much as a buyer leave that was just heartbreaking yeah and the the stuff that happened after Chuck dying as well where he had yeah. his own personal crises and having that as a parallel against how Jimmy just closed up even tighter that that was a really strong emotional arc for him. But yeah, I agree. Given he's he's kind of got this really dazzling screen presence, just like instantly dazzling. Um, and yeah, it's it's a tough act juggling. St- I mean, I'm, I'm literally on the Wikipedia page looking at the faces of all these like incredible people in a line next to each other, and it's like, how do you actually juggle all of these people, all of these presences? equally all the time while also developing them and bringing something that perhaps you haven't seen from the ones that are in Breaking Bad as well. It's a tough thing to do. But yeah, I do agree. Sometimes it is a lot lacking. But I yeah. think that I think that's a deliberate decision because if if you see too much of I think you see just enough of Howard in in this series. Um to make so that the more, as you say, the glimpse of him with you know with his family and because basically you're the whole you're seeing the whole this whole plot playing out from Kim and Jimmy's point of view, right? They are they've targeted this guy and they're going to ruin his life. And part of the massive power of what happens in the end is that suddenly you see it glimpses from the, his point of view that he's a human being, you know. Why are they being, you know, why are they obsessively targeting ruin this guy, yeah. to ruin his life for all, you know, various valid reasons, right? But I mean morally it really hits home when what happens to him happens. In that, for, in that final mm. scene. So I actually think, I don't even know if that is a flaw. I, I think I, I think it seems all the more powerful to me that we we only saw him slightly two-dimensionally, one-dimensionally as they do. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think they regard him as a three-dimensional human being and then they mm. learn their fucking lesson that he is yeah. in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it brings together the, the two you know different parts yeah. of the show which are running on 
very much parallel tracks and you're wondering how is the cartel right. stuff gonna yeah. come into the Jimmy side of the show now and and here it is yeah. colliding in the greatest of all Breaking Bad Better Call Saul villains <laughs> Lalo <sighs> I love Tony Dalton so much oh. he's just such an incredible actor terrifying absolutely terrifying yeah. isn't he he's, he's just got that um presence about him yeah that is as you say what the reason why you keep thinking well wouldn't he have been so good in Breaking Bad because he's 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 scarier than the really the people that had to face in Breaking Bad yeah he's Gus and Mike rolled into one package yeah basically you know, he's got this smart <laughs> oh, Mike is incredibly incredibly smart but he's yeah. got the 4D chess yes. of Gus he's got the the sort of um, the mechanical nous of Mike but he's also got this agility where he can you know he can Clamber, I, honestly, that that scene with uh, with Ferner's widow, yeah, where I thought oh, he's going to kill her here. Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's I got, did. This is you know yeah, this is this is horrific, and I was like, oh, this is awful. I, you know, I do not want to watch this yeah. because there's a small part of me that, despite everything, really likes Lalo. Oh there's God. something really charismatic about him. He's like a dancer, isn't he? He's he got is. the physicality of a dancer. Like I feel like he can leap really high. Mm. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but know it is in the service of evil, though. I mean, it's in the service is, of evil. Yeah. Yeah. An evil and he, dancer. he enjoys the nastiness. Yeah, yeah, he does. You know, yeah, he really which is why it was interesting that he didn't kill Furnace uh, Widow. But I guess that maybe would have brought together, you know, brought down the the weight of the law. Yeah, he didn't want extra complications. Exactly. I guess. Exactly. And she's going to face a, a, a difficult enough time. You yeah. know, I mean, for him, as far as you know, her life is concerned. Yeah. Without yeah. being killed. Yeah. Killing being ki- being killed would be a small mercy, maybe. Oh God. Oh my god! Just adding that in, just throwing that in. Right. Well, quickly, um, <laughs> Nacho's parting shot—that phenomenal monologue that yeah. that I am convinced will win Michael Mando an Emmy uh, because be. he is so so great in that moment when he goes out and he just tells he tells Hector Salamanca exactly what he thinks of him, and there is that moment where he goes, "You twisted fuck," and his voice gets about three octaves lower. <laughs> It's just an incredible piece of acting. And, and it, 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 it is brilliant. But also, I've always found Hector is like a really, that presence in the... in the oh, He's malign, he's isn't he? He's, he's really, mal- yeah, the he's malignancy, there. the whole way. I love the whole way he communicates, you know, from the nursing home or wherever the hell he is, and the way they have to get in touch with him. And all of that, it makes, it gives it that kind of Bond villain quality to him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a very... <laughs> like, yeah, the bell. The whole thing is like brilliantly, yeah. mm, just horrible. He's just horrible. No, so that is a was a great kind of cathartic moment, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So for him to unleash his fucking thoughts and you're like, yes, he is a disgusting scumbag twat who, you, don't, you know, who rules, somehow rules the whole thing from his, from his deathbed in that place. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I can hardly stand myself to talk about it really <laughs> I was really gutted I was betrayed Chris and I was I didn't so it. sad you 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 made me feel safe <laughs> you made me feel safe in the space of watching the show I know. and then it was it was just torture watching that it was like it was unbearable and then all the wonderful going online I, I don't like social media on the best of days but going online and seeing the outpouring of love for him mm. and then the fan art of the flower and oh, him being so like flower. visibly touched and like showing all the, the photos of him from shooting it I mean looking again I'm just looking at his beautiful face he's got just the, such a noble face as a, oh let's just do a whole podcast on that show I, I mean Nacho is well, he's, you know, it's a show of criminals but he's the one of the purest uh, souls in the show yeah. and that you know he yeah. was that's why it really really hurt yeah <laughs> just couldn't because I, I was expecting okay there was I, there were two things about that episode one is that the BBFC warning at the beginning of the episode yeah. included the word suicide oh, uh, and yeah. so all the way through I was going to well no one's committed suicide yet oh right. no God, those oh, BBFC please. guidelines ruin everything, don't they? The BBFC ruined Fuckers. the third episode of Better Call Saul, yeah. season six for me. Uh, but even even despite that, and even despite the fact that it was clearly boxing him in, mm. at the point you're going, well, he must get out of this. He has to get out of this. Oh no, he's just blown his own brains out. That's that's mm. tough. Mm. He's not coming back from that. Yeah. I mean, but because it was, yeah, that's that's the brilliance of the storytelling. It's yeah. such, it was a shock completely and, and, and the power of it. But it was inevitable. It was inevitable, but not inevitable in episode three or whatever it was. No. Episode, yeah. yeah. But now with hindsight, it feels inevitable. Yes, and it, completely. And, and, yeah. yeah. And uh, as we said, free to show up to concentrate on other matters. Um, and speaking of other matters, we have other things to do. We have lives to live. We have lunch to eat. The whole kit and caboodle. Uh, so that is going to be it for this Better Call Saul first half of season six review slash 
preview of the final six episodes. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Some people did ask whether we would do weekly spoiler episodes for this. I just don't think we have the time. No. Uh, frankly, sadly, I don't have you the know, emotional strength. Yeah, to be honest. No. can you imagine if Kim died but, at one point? What would we be like? <laughs> but I think I speak for all listeners when I say, you know, it'd be more valid than all those bloody Marvel Disney <laughs> things you do every week. I mean, that's what I'm I mean what's that about? An Egyptian moon just god. Say, just say. A bangle that imbues you with got, superpowers. Yeah. Just nonsense. Absolute nonsense. What if Jimmy nonsense. got hold of one of those? Oh. That's why I'm going to scour the, the, the opening, the cold open again. Uh, because, you know, you never know. The bangle from Miss Marvel might be in there and it might end up right. with him becoming bangle, a superhero at yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah. The bangle, which is what real word for. Awesome. I'm not getting into yeah. that. I'm not getting yeah. into Sorry. that. That's, that's tawdry. And down the tawdry route. I was just thinking it's asshole. It stands for asshole. Yeah. You know, only in certain parts of Northern Ireland, uh, may I say, not my part. No, doesn't make Absolutely it any not. less no. funny. Yeah, well. <laughs> no bangles no bangles yeah absolutely not how did you get I see boy this is you're bringing in airplane and I want to make a gratuitous point about that oh. <laughs> that we should be doing better so if we had the time up every week exactly like you do with your lovely Marvel Disney show uh, <laughs> I think I made that point <laughs> alright alright okay we're out of here uh, it's been a ton of fun uh, it's goodbye from Boyd Hilton Goodbye. It is goodbye from Beth Webb. Goodbye. We will be back to do uh, one of these episodes after the final six episodes have yes. aired. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be talking to Peter Gold for that. But uh, we shall see. Dark forces are marching against us at every turn. So you never know. You never know. Anyway, it's goodbye from me as well. There's only one thing left for me to say. Poil it out, mate! <laughs> <laughs>